Good evening, everybody. It is the evening of November the 24th, 2020, and we're going to keep you tonight. I know I've been missing. It's been a lot going on. I'll talk about it in tonight's episode, but I need to talk to y'all. I need a little therapy with my family, so let's enjoy this. A time for the breakdown. Oh my gosh, it's so good to talk to y'all again. I miss y'all so much. Like, oh my goodness. It's been, oh my gosh, I think like four months since the last time I spoke with you guys. Um, so in the past four months, I basically, I've moved. I'm in a different zip code. I moved into my own apartment. I have a MacBook now. I'm going through a career change. And there's just a lot of stuff going on. So we got to celebrate and update. We got to drink and got to twerk everywhere. Have some fun before the holiday. Hey. <laughs> so... Oh my gosh, y'all, like, it's crazy. The world is a mess right now, but I guess the redeeming factor is we have Donald Trump out of the off, out of the White House or going out of the White House. He hasn't conceded yet, but we about to get him the fuck up out of there. And in the words of the great King Malcolm X, by any means necessary, you heard me? So... Tonight, we're just going to talk about the whole transition. Um, I'm going to give y'all a little bit of update on myself. And then, you know, we're going to have a nice little light conversation. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite shows I enjoy watching. And I've watched it multiple times, like the whole series. It was only on for two seasons. It's called Looking. Um, If you haven't watched it, it's on HBO. If you have HBO Go or HBO Now, you can definitely watch the whole uh, series. We'll talk about that, the characters, and a lot of people's issues with that. So we're going to finish this, and we're going to start our episode. Bear with me, y'all. Yes, so like I said, guys, um, welcome to another episode of Kiki with Kian. Um, Yeah, guys, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I haven't been in the best mental space this past few months. You know, I definitely uh, was going through a little bit of anxiety. I tried to give you guys an episode when I first moved into my uh, new place, my current apartment. I wanted to gush and talk about that. And I was recording for two hours and I just was having writer writer's block. When I started this podcast, you know, I'm like, I always have so much to talk about, so much to say. You know, I'm like, I need to start a journal, which I really need to do. I've been procrastinating with that. Um, but 
things have just been getting sidetracked and I really try to give you guys the best episodes possible. You know, I really want to talk about things where you're like, oh my gosh, Ken, that's insightful. Or, you know, sometimes I do this with some of my past episodes. I listen to them repeatedly because I'm like, bitch, you got a lot to talk about and your ass is entertaining and fun. But then, you know, when I start recording sometimes, you know, a lot of episodes or a lot of sessions I've recorded, I delete and I cancel because I say, hey, you know what? This isn't good. This isn't interesting. You know, even I went and listened to this bullshit and it gets really annoying and really frustrating. And then I just kind of lose momentum and that's not good. That's not healthy. Plus, I allow my mind to just wander off to different things like, okay, I'm going to do another episode or try again tomorrow. But then, you know, I have an event to go to or I have friends to see or someone calls me and I end up kicking with them and then I just lose all you know, my kikiness, but you know, the Lord's been speaking to me, the Holy Spirit. My grandma said, don't say something's telling you. She said, it's the Holy Spirit, especially if it's something positive, of course. And, um, the Holy Spirit is telling me to speak with you guys tonight. So that's what I am going to do. So with that being said, let the kiki begin. So first update is I have a MacBook. Let me tell y'all how I will never purchase another HP laptop ever again. So I bought my first laptop in college, my first laptop ever. I mean, we had a laptop or a computer in high school. It wasn't a desktop. It was like a laptop, but we had it like set up at my house when I was in high school. But my first personal laptop was in college and I actually bought it the night, like literally Three and a half hours before I was about to leave the United States for the first time when I moved to France to study abroad and I had a Toshiba laptop. And let me tell y'all, I loved that laptop. I had it for less than a year and I didn't um, it didn't break malfunction or anything. What happened was, unfortunately, uh, when I was in college, my house got broken into and uh, they stole uh two of my uh, closest friends, their laptops, my laptop, uh, my best friend's um, game console. Like, I felt violated as someone was in my house, in my room and everything. And I was like really sad about that. And I didn't get another laptop for, I think, eight months. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't get another laptop immediately. I mean, yeah, money is tight in college, but I just didn't get another laptop. Um, There's some noise in the background. That's my dishwasher, y'all. Oh, yes, my apartment. I have my own dishwasher. I don't use it often. I'm very old fashioned. I like to wash my own dishes, but I was like, fuck that tonight. I ain't feel like doing it. So I'm running a dishwasher. But anyway, my laptop was stolen and I bought another Toshiba laptop. Uh, Walmart used to sell them at a very good price. I think I paid $2.99 plus, uh, plus tax and then insurance. And or uh, like, uh, and when I say insurance, it's like the Toshiba insurance. So it still came out to less than $400. And when I tell y'all that Toshiba laptop was good, I mean, it was good. I... It, my one of my good friends, she I ain't gonna say her name, but she felt like she fell on my laptop and I was pissed. And I had to send it away 
and it took like two weeks and they sent it back. The insurance covered it. And this was less than a year after I purchased the laptop. So the warranty, warranty, that's the word I'm looking for. Warranty, not insurance. Uh, so they sent it back. My laptop was fine. I bought the laptop in August of 2013. The insurance I sent it away, I think it was June of 2014. That laptop lasted me, y'all, until June of 2018. That Toshiba, amazing. And the only reason I don't, ha- I still actually have it, but it doesn't work. Like the charger, you know, like the hole you put into a charger. And this actually happened to, with uh, my cell phone I had freshman year of college at Pantech Matrix uh, w- with the QWERTY keyboards, which I would never get again. You know, the slide, the two-way slides for the cell phones. Um, like... I like the part where the charge port was was like falling apart and I kind of had to like uh, press the laptop back together so it could charge one day it went and pressed back and my charger wouldn't work anymore. So un- alas, my Toshiba was no longer any good. So then I get this HP. I um, consulted with one of my really good friends and I said like, you know, hey girl, which is the best laptop to get? She was trying to get me on a Mac. I'm like, I don't got Mac money. So I was looking at, uh, I bought through Walmart again. And I found the HP laptop. It was touchscreen. It was cool. It worked. Everything is good. I bought it July of 2018. Came with a two-year warranty. Everything was good until about August of 2019. For some reason, my laptop, the sound wasn't working. And I wasn't sure what was going on. And when I say the sound, it was like I couldn't play any music or watch TV or nothing on it without earphones. With earphones, it worked, but and everything else, it didn't. And this lasted for about three weeks. And fortunately, I had my cell phone, but for everything else, it did not work. And I was like really pissed off about that. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to get a new laptop. I don't know what's going on. I called HP bitch asses. They had me on hold for three hours. No one responds to my emails. None, no customer service, no nothing. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. And mind you, my warranty sent my warranty information. They had no customer service email, nothing. By the grace of God, my sound came back on. And from there, everything was good until I think... March of 2020, which was around the time Corona, you know, started shutting shit down over here in the States. So then I call HP. You know what people do. They use any little thing, you know, to the the blame their poor customer service on whether it's hurricane season. Oh, the hurricane is affecting us. I'm like, well, how is that possible? And we're in Pennsylvania and this is a laptop. It's not like I'm doing an insurance claim on a house or anything. Um, my keyboard stopped working. So I had to buy one of those portable keyboards. My laptop was still good. Then all of a sudden in July or August, my laptop is not like the battery. Like it just starts dying. It doesn't give me a warning when it's about to die or anything. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I basically had to keep my computer charged at all times and it was really annoying like i would have my uh my computer i would leave it off the charger for an hour my f- laptop is dead 
and I have to charge it back up. HP, you know, I start getting the little uh, signals or the little messages that says it's time to buy a battery. I'm trying to find a battery. HP, you know, I finally call them. They say they don't have a battery. I call Best Buy, who I would never buy anything from Best Buy. Fuck Best Buy. They're going to say, oh, well, you got to make a Geek Squad appointment. And I'm like, what the hell, a Geek Squad appointment? I'm like, I just need a battery. Finally make a Geek Squad appointment, get an appointment, talk to the person. They're telling me, oh, you got to purchase the battery um, online. We don't carry it in the store. Then guy proceeds to tell me, oh, yeah, you know, you bought it through us. Uh, we could purchase it for you, but you didn't buy it. Have you thought about getting Geek Squad protection? I'm like, sir, the laptop is already purchased. The warranty just ran out. It just hit two years. He's like, this nigga still talk. And yes, I'm using the N word because they annoyed me. This nigga, white nigga is talking about some. Oh, yeah, you know. Geek Squad, uh, they, they'll help you. They'll do all of this. And I'm like, why the fuck is he bringing up Geek Squad? So by this point, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need a laptop. My job, who I'm going to get on them in a minute, keeps going on about how important it is for me to do X, Y, Z. I got a new supervisor who was not my biggest fan. I don't know why, but it is what it is. And... I'm like, I need a laptop to work. You know, without a laptop, I can't work from home. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. And this bitch, if you can't work from home, you're not working at all. And I just moved into this nice one-bedroom luxury apartment where I live by myself. Thank God. My little roof, uh, not roof. Yeah, I have a rooftop pool, two of them. My balcony, I can smoke my hookah wherever, whenever. In the living room, in the kitchen, in my bedroom, on my balcony. I could bring whoever I want in this house. My friends, a man, whatever. A woman, you know. I don't get down like that, but y'all know what I mean. Um, But um, it was just like a lot for me. And I was just getting stressed out. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So finally, um, I bought a MacBook. And in the weeks preceding me purchasing my uh, MacBook. And even before it got to the point where it was like, I need to get a new computer. Multiple people were telling me, get a MacBook, get a MacBook. People that, you know, my Uber driver, I was telling them, like, yeah, you know, I need a new computer. This lady, that was my one Uber dri Lyft driver, excuse me, she is going on about how getting a MacBook was the best decision ever. So I finally bought a MacBook, and I'm telling y'all I love it. Um, I definitely need to learn more of how to utilize it, you know, with cameras, because I would love to start doing Kiki with Ken as, like, a video. But in the meantime, we're going to stick to this podcast, um, you know, audio only format because, you know, y'all don't need to see me when I be getting lit on these episodes. My eyes are wandering all over the place. And, you know, I got little notes right here. And, you know, sometimes I have a little background audience, people coming in and out to say hi or whatever. And y'all don't need to see them. But, yeah, I have a MacBook. Uh, things are going a little better at work thank god i feel more stable um and it's good especially during these uncertain times you know um with coronavirus with the transition of the presidency um some people are scared they think bush is not gonna not bush oh lord have mercy trump is not trying to get out of the white house he's going to stay there they think the military might have to go in after him and remove him by force and it's just crazy with all of this going on. I have some stability with my MacBook. So shout out to that. <laughs> but yeah, um, I hope you guys 
have been having a great fall so far, you know, besides, um, aside from everything that's going on, it's a blessing that we're all employed. It's a blessing that, um, for those of us who are employed, for those of us who aren't, I pray that, you know, you guys are able to pay your bills. I pray that you're not evicted. I just pray for your well-being. I really do. Um, I pray for your health. Financially, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mental, because all of this stuff is very important. Um, but yeah. And uh, meanwhile, let's talk about one of my favorite shows of all time. It's called Looking. So if you don't know, Looking premiered in 2014. It was on HBO. And as a black man who identifies as part of the LGBTQ aka the alphabet community I enjoy shows like this you know growing up being a young black boy who became a young black man I didn't see a lot of gay men on TV and usually when I did it was caricatures and when I say caricatures it was like you had like these burly black men. Um, they always like, you know, they, they pulled a thing over their shirt and like tucked it in and always had their hands out. And it's just like, who really does this in public? Like it was really problem. It's really problematic. It was very problematic. I think at the time people thought it was funny and they, I, I never thought it was funny. And I'm not one of those PC, you know, type people, but I was just like, what kind of mess is this? And not all gay men are like that. And it wasn't until I was older and I met older gay men. And I'm just like, yo, not all gay men are like this. You know, I don't think I'm feminine. Some people think I am. I don't think I am. But even people that think I'm feminine will say you're not that feminine. And not being feminine. Being feminine is not a bad thing. But when I'm saying feminine, I'm talking about feminine as in the way those caricatures are. Like if you watch... Martin, the gay men you saw on Martin, or uh, Cousin Rodney on Girlfriends, it was just, wow, like, just, wow, even the episode of Moesha, where Hakeem's cousin, uh, Hakeem's cousin's friend Tracy, like, that was wild, like, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's crazy, but anyway, um, there was a show called Noah's Ark on Logo, and what's funny is, I used to have to, we had cable in my house growing up, and we had Logo, but no one in the house watched Logo and that I knew of, and me being gay, and I was in the closet, like, no one in my family or my household, because y'all know how I feel about my relatives, um, no one in my household knew I was, well, I wasn't out, let me say that, I wasn't out, and I used to watch Noah's Ark, I found it by accident, and I enjoyed the show. I thought it was a cute show. I thought Daryl Stevens was cute. Um, Doug Spearman, uh, Rodney Chester, and Christian Vincent, and Jensen Atwood. Yes, I remember all their names. I'm like, oh, this is an attractive group of black men. They were diverse as far as like economic wise. And even in their like um, personalities, it was diverse. You had like the older yes mama sassy one you had the bougie college one you had the sexy metrosexual and you had noah who was feminine in a way but at the same time he was just very 
not kooky, but he was just very, he was a free-spirited type of guy. And I love that show. And unfortunately, it lasted only two seasons. I think because the acting wasn't that great. And the second season, even though it got better, I just felt like they cut the budget the second season. Because some of those scenes, I'm like, did y'all shoot this in front of a green screen? It reminded me of... Y'all ever saw uh, Acrimony by Tyler Perry? If y'all watch Acrimony with Tyler Perry, the amount of scenes with green screen, Noah's Ark will remind you of it. And I'm just like, wow, this shit is crazy. But anyway, I had a big void in my like gay heart because that show went off the air and i'm like oh these are black men they're gay they're witty they're funny it's a cute show and recently one of my really good friends one of my uh shout out to dominique her dad told us like he watched the show and this is a straight man he's not gay or anything but he was just like he just enjoyed the show. He was like, it was just very humanistic. And it was, the guys were like funny. Yeah, he, you know, and he was like, yeah, they were gay. That's whatever. But they were just funny guys. And I'm like, this show really transcended, you know, not just, you know, between, not just out of the LGBTQ alphabet community group, but, you know, you had straight men watching it and older straight men watching it. I mean, because he's my parents' age and he enjoyed the show. And he's a straight man, so it's like, wow, like, if he can enjoy the, sh- if he enjoyed the show, then I just know that that show meant a lot to people, and not just me. But anyway, um, I loved Noah. Um, I think Noah was a little too girly for me, cause you know, a bitch like me, I really fight. So I'm like, uh, you know, Noah was probably, I won't call Noah a punk, but yeah, um. Yeah, I don't know if Noah could take an ass whooping or would get into a fist fight, but I will. So, well, I'm too old to be fighting, but don't test me because I did fuck some people up a couple years ago on Christmas. Ask about me. So anyway, fast forward to eight years later. I'm in my last semester of college at Temple University. Shout out to Temple. And I had HBO. I had it in my room because at the time, you know, I wasn't going out as much. I'm in my last semester of college. I'm trying to be serious. I have to start planning for my life because I'm like, okay, at that time, I'm like, I'm done with school. I do plan on getting my master's now. But at the time, I'm like, I'm about to get my bachelor's. You know, adult life is starting. And I started watching Game of Thrones and I binged watch Game of Thrones and after Game of Thrones, you know, um, there was this show, um, like, aired right afterwards. It was called Looking. And it was the guy from Glee, Jonathan Groff, and these two other actors. They were the main characters. And they were white guys. And at the time, I've never dated a, or talked to a white guy. You know, I was interested in a couple of them, you know. I never approached them because I don't believe in approaching a man. That's just me. But, um, and that's probably, that's something I definitely need to work on. But, yeah, I just never talked to a white guy or whatever. Or at least a non-Hispanic white guy, rather. Let's say that. But, um, it was about three white men in San Francisco. We know San Francisco is is expensive as hell. You got to sell a kidney to pay for one month of rent there. And, I mean, D.C. ain't much better. And I live here, but still. 
Um, I'm a, I'm also much older now. But yeah, anyway, these guys, um, they lived in San Francisco. Two were roommates. One was roommate with his best friend slash ex-girlfriend. Three gay men. Uh, all of them were white. And for those of you who know the show, don't say, oh, all casino was Latino. I'm going to give y'all this right now. I don't care who comes for me. I don't care, you know, how many people are saying, oh, you know, Mexicans are brown. You know, there's brown people in South America and all of this other stuff. Latinos are not a racial group. White is a racial group. Black is a racial group. You know, even with Asian people, you can start dividing and all of that. They're a racial group. But Latinos, Latinas are not, okay? Puerto Ricans are Latinos. And there's black Puerto Ricans, white Puerto Ricans, Asian Puerto Ricans, native Puerto Ricans. uh, Very few of them. And when I say natives, I'm talking about not the Tainos. I think they were... Arawak? No, that's more Guyana. But yeah, Latinos, Latin people, what they are is they're a diaspora or descendants of Spanish, Portuguese, and French. Because Latin, think of this, y'all. Latin derived, the derivative houses of Latin is Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, and Romanian. The Italians and Romanians ain't had no colonies over here. So... You have the French, which is Haiti, and also now Guiana, uh, French Guiana, Martinique, and Guadeloupe. Then you have the Spanish that went all over Latin America, sans Brazil, and a lot of the Caribbean, like Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Cuba, and Central America as well, except Belize. And then you got the Portuguese who went to Brazil. They're all Latin. So, a white Latin person, like Augustine, is not the same to me as a black Latin person like a Celia Cruz, or a Maxwell, or a Asian, um, uh, uh, Hispanic, or Asian, or Chinese Cuban, like a Wilfredo Lam, okay, or an indigenous Mexican person. They are not the same racial group. So we're going to stop that right there. I'm going on a tangent, but I'm going to continue. It was a cute show. I enjoyed it because now at that point, I was kind of in that age group. I was an older man at that point. You know, at that point, yes, I was sexually active. I was out here dating, living my life, um, living in a big city. And, you know, at the time, you know, I was pursuing a relationship with someone actually who is insane, but that's a different story. And I'll talk about that in the next episode. It will be soon. It won't be four months, I promise. And I just thought the show was cute because I was able to identify with it so much except the race part. You know, I would have loved to see a black man on the show. I know Augustine's boyfriend. I forgot his name. And I was just watching an episode. Uh, But his first boyfriend, the first season... Uh, I think his name is O.T. Fact Bentley in real life. He played Elizabeth Moss's husband on Handmaiden's Tale. You know, the one where they had the daughter and stuff. Um, 
But, you know, they broke up. And after that, it was just all white men. And I know it's San Francisco. And San Francisco is whitening out. But still, I would have enjoyed to see, like, a black man on the show. You know, I would love to see how a black gay man interacts with upper middle class white men in an area like that. I would love to see, you know, a character where it's like, okay, I'm gay, I'm black, you know. Yes, we know there's a lot of homophobia in the black community. It's in all communities. But specifically with me, I would love to see like how a black gay man who prob- whose family probably didn't accept him and he excelled and now he's like a working professional living in a city, big city, whether he has a roommate or live alone and how he interacts with the gay community. Specifically, gay men where all of them are not black you know he probably has some black friends probably has a black boyfriend or has a white boyfriend and mostly white friends and i would just love to see that dynamic and see those issues being addressed kind of like how they address randall's issues on this is us but if randall was a gay man and rather it being his family it's his it's gay white men gay white friends or even with that with an asian man so um that didn't happen with looking and I just felt like if the show lasted longer, we probably would have seen something like that. But I do think that the creators of that show knew probably halfway through, like, yeah, y'all, I don't think we're getting a second season. The first season barely got renewed, so it is what it is. We're not going to try to build up a bunch of storylines. The only storylines that they built up was Richie. And if y'all don't know, Richie is fine. Like, I'll get to him in a minute. So, um, you had Augustine who was like this, I guess he's supposed to be like from a well-to-do Cuban-American family in Miami, you know, where the Trump supporters are. Not all of them, you know, I love me some Gloria Estefan. Um, but other than that, you know, he's a typical Coral Gables Cuban, you know, white passing or white. Um, and he's an artist, but he's very lazy and we see him working as like an artist apprentice he has a long-term boyfriend who he treats like trash and one thing i didn't like about augustine was this and i don't like about this with a lot of shows who has a friend that is willing to take care of you you know i wish i had a friend that was like hey you know what bitch you work part-time jobs you don't make a lot of money you know, you don't give me money for rent, but hey, I love you so much. You could stay in my apartment and have your own room, bring men up in and let them run through you. You run through them, have parties, whatever the case may be. But I'm cool with that. We're still friends and I take care of everything. And it's just like, where do they find friends like that so I can do that? I mean, I'm a busy bitch. You know, I work. I make sure I earn my money. You know, I'm not getting passed around like a joint at Snoop Dogg's house. But I would love to have a friend that's like, you know what, bitch, you know, you a little down on your luck right now or you don't make as much money as I do. You know, you just give me money for the utilities and you good. We good. I'll take care of the rent because a friend like that is a friend indeed. That bothered me. And then it was just like this guy's like a drug addict and no one says anything to him. And someone had to like kind of tell me like, you know. That's common in the gay community. 
And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, you know, I guess because with gay men, we had to have such a sense of brotherhood that, you know, if someone's really close with you and vibe with you, they would make sure you're good, especially if your family dynamic is fucked up. You know, I do have a couple friends that, you know, I can rely on for holidays and stuff like that when, you know, usually things that are like, y'all can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes, like with family, they're like, you know what, I know you're estranged from your family, you don't get along with those motherfuckers, come chill with me, come hang out with me, I have friends like that, but for them to say, oh, you could live with me rent free, they're gonna be like, bitch, you must, you got me fucked up, so, yeah, that was Augustine's problem, but I feel like a lot of shows are like that, you know, Lynn from Girlfriends was another leech, I couldn't stand that bitch, but, um, I didn't like that was about Augustine and his character. I never really, you know, got like that because I'm not a bum. And especially as a black man from a middle class household who, you know, my mother was a teen. My mother didn't grow up in poverty. I didn't grow up in poverty at all. However, I seen poverty, you know, so it was just like I was like, oh, shit, I can't live like that. So I always worked and knew I had to work and support myself. So I don't identify with Augustine. Um, the other guy, Dominic, he's played by Murray Bartlett. I think Murray Bartlett is a nice looking man. Um, he's also, y'all y'all checked on Netflix like last year, Tales of the City. I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. Because the first one came out like 93, I was 3. Then another one in 98, I was 8. And another one in 2001, I was 11. And I never watched them, but I, I've watched it since. And I, But I knew about this show and its impact, especially in, like, you know, gay culture, even American pop culture. So I said, you know what, um, let me watch it. And Murray Bartlett is in that installment or that rendition, the one that's on Netflix. And I'm not going to give it away at all. Um, I might do a... I think I'm going to start doing reviews because I would definitely do a review with that and go by episode. You know what? That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you all a review on that show. And um, he kind of scares me. Um, And the show, it seemed like he's had one serious relationship and it fucked him up. Like, you know, he was in love with the guy, but the guy was a meth addict and... The guy, like, stole $8,000 from him. $8,000 that Dom was going to use to open up his dream restaurant. And it pushed him back emotionally and financially to the point that Dom is out here slinging dick on grinder, Having a roommate at age 39 uh, with someone he's not sleeping with. And he is waiting tables. Shout out to the waiters. You know, the hostesses. The people in catering. I used to do catering, too. Um... But when you have a dream and it's deferred and the stuff that you had to do to continue with your dream and you're doing it for 20 something years, I could see that being disheartening. And even at age 30 now, I don't know if I have my I don't think I've ever had my dream job yet. You know, um, I do think with my current position, it will definitely lead me to bigger places and more prominent roles and occupations you know the person i support is a very important person and i have so much respect for this man i really do and you know um i but you know there's no buts however i don't want to 
be in the same role that I am at age 39, which is nine years from now. Um, and, you know, it's no disrespect to anyone that I work with that's older than me. It's just that I've been working similar, you know, fill or similar positions, excuse me, for the past decade in a way. You know, the people I support, you know, they're higher in rank. And when I say higher in rank, it's more uh, position, status, power-wise. They're they're higher, hierarchy. But um, I don't want to do that at age 39. You know, I, by that point, I want to have something of my own. I want to have people that I, that I want to have subordinates. I want to have people that work for me and with me to help build something that I envision. You know, I don't want to be part of a vision. I want to be the person that leads the vision. Leads the vision, not division, the vision. Ooh, I've been drinking. And also the whole relationship thing. Like, I, to be honest, I've always said I've been in one relationship. Recently, the person I I, I was dealing with for like a year he was like, you know, this whole t- the whole time we were together, I thought we were in a relationship. I considered it a relationship. And I'm like, really? Like, what? And then one of my other friends, she has said this before. She referred to the guy as my ex-boyfriend. I didn't correct her. But I was just like, why does she? And she knows the whole thing. Shout out to Julie. But she refers to this man as my, bo- referred to this man as my ex-boyfriend. And I'm like, why would she do that? Like, I don't think we were boyfriends. But then the guy, you know, he recently been contacted me and we talk every now and then and he was like yeah you know we I've always thought we were in a relationship like I consider you an ex and I'm just like oh snap so I guess with that being said I've had two exes but anyway it's like you're I don't want to be 39 years old and I'm not fulfilled only in my career but I don't want to be unfulfilled in my romantic life too you know it's fun, you know, being out here dating, thotting and bopping. Not saying I'm thotting and bopping now, but I've I had a couple years in my twenties. But I don't wanna still be damn near forty or forty years old and I'm out here, you know, chase not chasing. I need to use better words. But I don't wanna be out here um still looking for Mr. Right, you know. By then, I will hope to be in some type of relationship. And if it doesn't work out, at least it was like I had a few good years with somebody. They taught me something. I taught them something. I know what to look for. I need to build off of something because my two exes are trash. Like one has a degree, but he's a bitch. The second one is a bitch without a degree. So it's just like I, I, I. Yeah, he's a bitch without a degree. I was going to take that back, but I'm not. He does some bitch stuff. I ain't say his name, so if he hears this, oh well. But, yeah, Dom scares me. His lot in life scares me. His state of mind scares me. And it's just like, oh, I do not want to be him. And I don't use online dating apps or none of that. But if I did, I would not want to be 39, 40 years old, slinging dick and being romantically unfulfilled. The last person I'm going to speak about is Patrick, who's played by Jonathan Groff. Shout out to my fellow Pennsylvania brother. We both from PA, but I'm the prince. He's one of the subjects. Um, my one of my Judy's my one of my best friends. Shout out to Arena, met him. 
when he was doing Spring Awakening, she's she's a New York girl. She's from Brooklyn. Shout out to Brooklyn. And she met him and she said he was so nice. But then one of his best friends, I know y'all know who I'm talking about. She just had a baby and, you know, she was on Glee. Mm-hmm. She was very nasty to Arena and like nasty. And I remember years ago, like 2011. I don't know if y'all know this girl. Her name is Haley Steinfeld. She's friends with Taylor Swift. Uh, she was in that movie, the the remake of True Grip with Jeff Bridges. She was in a oh prayers to Jeff Bridges. You know, I heard he just got diagnosed with cancer or he's going through chemo. Cancer's a bitch fuck cancer. Um, everyone who's fighting cancer or um have a loved one fighting cancer, you guys are all in my prayers. I pray that you guys beat it and go into remission. That you're healthy. We need a cure for cancer, seriously. Um, but I remember Haley Steinfeld was like 13 or 14, and she met this actress from Glee. And the actress was really like nasty to her. Like the girl was like saying hi, was like kind of fangirling. And then the girl from Glee was just very like, uh, like I don't think she realized who the girl was. Like, you know, this little girl is nominated for an Academy Award. You know, she's in this big movie with Jeff Bridges. She's a female lead. And you're on a hot TV show. And let's keep it real, y'all. TV is big, but movies are bigger. So, you really gonna play this little girl? Okay. So, I wasn't surprised. When, when that whole thing, you know, before Queen Naya, uh, may she rest in peace, when she was talking about how bad this actress was, and then they was roasting her on Twitter earlier this summer, I was like, huh. I knew about it. I heard about it. And of course, my friend Arena, I tweeted at her. I'm like, girl, they are confirming everything you told me 11 years ago. And she said, I told you. So anyway, um, back to Jonathan Groff's character. His name is Patrick. Patrick is the epitome of white privilege. I don't think white people are basic. Some of them are, but there's some basic black people. I'm related to some of them. Um, Patrick is just corny like I'm like damn bitch like I'm cute I got an education I speak two languages plus the truth and I'm funny you know I like to turn up but I know how to monitor my drinks you know guys like me women like me I like me and I'm just like I do all of this I don't got a man Patrick is corny and everything. He don't keep a man, but he gets them. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Like, what do Patrick has that I don't have? Patrick has a nice little body now. You know, I got a little roll. I got a little roll. You know, I gained some weight. But Patrick got a nice little body. But Patrick is, like, so corny to me. And then... I'm just like, I watched the episode where, you know, Patrick is just corny, y'all. Like, he was making corny jokes in one episode, and people were like, oh, it's cute. <laughs> and I'm just like, if he had said this to any real man I know, black or white or Asian, if he had said any of that to him, they would have gave him the side eye, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what is wrong with you? That's not funny. That's corny. And they would not even give him another second. But these niggas on this show are just 
fawning over Patrick. Patrick got the fine-ass Kevin. Russell Tovey. Y'all, let me tell y'all. I love a man with big, pointy ears. I don't know what it is. I just love big, pointy ears. Like, Martin Lawrence is not my type at all. And I don't find him attractive. I don't find him ugly, neither. I don't find him attractive, though. But Martin Lawrence ears are cute to me. I just like big ears. Um, big ear, Elfair Kevin was fawning all over him. Richie, who is this fine Mexican barber who's broke. I'm like, look, Richie, you could be my Augustine. I'll take care of us, baby. He is fine. And he is such a good man. He just has a good heart, just really cool. And they just in love with Patrick. And I'm just like, Patrick is corny. Like, what the fuck do y'all see in him? And then I notice this happens a lot with TV shows. It's always a basic person. And let's keep it real. Carrie Bradshaw is even basic, y'all. And I love Sex in the City, but Carrie Bradshaw is basic as fuck. Like, the bitch has no personality. She has all these friends, but you only see them in one episode. She rotates the same three friends, Charlotte, Miranda, and Samantha. Because I feel like them bitches just have so much of their... Except Miranda. I just felt like she... And Carrie were two basic women, but Miranda was more interesting. Um, Charlotte, you know, Charlotte could, was a friend that was like so damn annoying. It's just like, you know what? I'm going to be friends with her because nobody else want to be friends with this bitch. And Samantha's the type of bitch. It's like, damn, bitch, she make you look bad. It's like, bitch, you fucked another man again. And he fine. And he rich. And he jetting you all somewhere like... I would stay with her for the stories, but I would be like, bitch, no money, you got no friends because you making the rest of us look bad. Patrick, on the other hand, it's just like, Patrick would make me mad. I wouldn't want to be friends with him. It's like, bitch, I got all of this, but we in the same boat. However, if we go somewhere, you could like let out a corny joke and niggas is just fawning all over you. With me, on the other hand, I basically have to twerk and do my splits and show my fat ass. And when I say my fat ass, I'm talking about my actual ass because I got a fatty. And then that's when they be like giving me the same amount of attention they would give Patrick. And he does the bare minimum. And it's like this man didn't have any serious relationships. But all of a sudden he got all these fine ass men from all over San Francisco just flocking to him. And I'm just like, this is white privilege all over. If Patrick was a black man, if Patrick was an Asian man, this shit would not fly at all. They would be like... That nigga's corny, or excuse me, since he's white, they'd be like, that cracker is corny, but nope, Patrick is white, and he's right, and I can't, and that is basically my review of looking and how I'm just like, these guys got issues, one guy annoys me, another guy, I'm like, what the fuck, and another guy scares me. Um, well, his situation in life scares me, but it's a really good show, you know, it, and it, it, like I said, it took the void of Noah's Ark, but they were white and it got canceled after two years. And I was kind of sad because it was like a show I looked forward to watching, you know, because even at that time, that was like the only gay themed show i could think of and to be honest i don't like gay themed tv network shows i feel like they skim through stuff like even with that show the new normal with ryan murphy it was a cute show but i think they kissed one time on that show and it was more like a 
y'all remember the scene from The Godfather Part 2 when um Michael kissed Fredo and was like, I know you betrayed me. It was one of those type of kisses. It was just like he grabbed him by the cheeks, gave him like a peck, and it was like, yeah, because he just won like a football game. I'm talking about the two guys from The New Normal. And I'm just like, these guys are supposed to be gay, but I see like no chemistry between them. And I'm just like, okay, this is network TV. And to be honest, that's why I don't even watch network TV anymore, except This Is Us and The Connors. And of course, my animation domination on Fox on Sunday nights. I'm like, I just can't watch it. And to be honest, I don't think there's even any more gay themed TV shows out there. Am I going to have to wait another eight years? So, Looking went off in 2015. Do I have to wait until 2023? For no- Shit, at this point with coronavirus, there ain't going to be no more movies or TV shows to 2023 at least. So, probably. Hopefully, this show will be multicultural. Oh, y'all know what? I would love to see a show about gay Asian men. And I don't want it to be... There's a stereotype about Asian men, and I need my Asian brethren to, like, fight this. That, you know, they're, they like white men, they're submissive, and they're just, like, looked at as exotic. I want a show with, like, a Russell Wong type of Asian man. You know, like, a strong, masculine, you know, down-ass Asian man who happens to be gay, and he's like, look, first of all, I ain't one of those type of guys. I, I'm I'm a real one. And I date whoever I want. And he talks about stuff in the Asian community. Because some of them be going through it. You know, y'all look at like Asian people and think of only Chinese people. Uh, and, and, and you know, the stereotypes with them, which is fucked up. And it's just like, no, you know, there's hood Asian people. There's bougie Asian people. There's ghetto Asian people. Like, people are people. They're not one dimensional, you know. Um... So, I would love to see a show like that. The main character is a gay Asian man, but he's a real one. And when I say a real one, I'm talking about, like, he's not the, he's he's not the, you know, Madam Butterfly type of gay Asian man. Like, he's like the type of, like, a Rus- like I said, a Russell Wong Asian man, you know. I know Russell Wong is straight, but you know what? If it was, like, for Asian men, it'd be like Russell Wong. Chow Young Fat, uh, Ken Watanabe, like those are those are my type. Ooh, get myself together. But anyway, y'all, I'm so glad I got to speak to y'all tonight. Like for real, it's always good speaking with y'all. Um, I'm I'm happy. I'm blessed right now. I hope to remain this way. Uh, someone I know, you know, she got a promotion and lost her job like a month later. So. Nothing is ever promised for nothing today is pro tomorrow tomorrow isn't promised basically shit. I told y'all I've been drinking. Um tomorrow isn't promised. The blessings from today may not carry over to the next day. So I just keep y'all all in prayers. Continue to pray for the world, pray for your neighbors, pray for yourselves, your loved ones. And I will definitely get back to you guys shortly, I promise. Um we could talk about some real topics, stuff that's going on right now. Um, I didn't want to talk about the election tonight because I'm electioned out. Like, I'm so sick of hearing about the election. Um, but you motherfuckers do need to be voting. 
every year. You know, I'm so sick of people only care about voting every four years when their president is running. When the most powerful people in the country is actually Congress. That's who y'all need to be voting for. And they, it's a, an election for Congress every two years. You got the mid, um, what they call that? Is that the midterm elections? That's House of Representatives. You know, you need to vote for your senators. That's very important. You know, they're the ones that confirm, you know, the Supreme Court judges and, you know, all of that. Then you um, definitely vote for the presidency. I'm glad people went out there and voted. I'm glad that it was record numbers, but more people need to vote because I know a couple people that did not vote. And that really bothered me. And yes, these people were of color. But hopefully the next four years of our country will be great for social justice. Um, all of you activists, black, white, Asian, Native American, whatever you identify as, y'all need to be on Joe Biden's neck. Um, I know he's old um, and tired, but he ain't through. He just begun. Though the message not. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I was like, <laughs> that's my song. What's that? Glenn Jones? Yeah. But anyway, y'all need to be on Joe Biden's neck because... I think that some people, especially Democrats and liberals, and when I'm saying liberals, I'm talking about people that are like, oh, I'm a liberal. I donate money to this. Um, and then they hop on bandwagons with certain issue, bandwagon issues, platform issues. But other than that, they really don't care. And it's just like those people bother me because it's like they're the ones that are like, yeah, you know, Joe Biden's in office or, you know. There's a white liberal in office. Everything is good now. Like, the country can go back to normal. This country should never go back to normal. Like, back to normal is like, okay, hidden racism. Uh, de facto racism. Not the jury racism. You know, that's over, air quotes. But de facto racism needs to be gone. Systemic racism needs to be gone. Police killing unarmed Native American and black people needs to go away forever you know so i don't ever want to hear someone you know especially the people that are claiming to be activists talk about we need to go back to normal and bring this country back together this country has been divided for a long ass time since forever and we shouldn't want to go back to pre-trump days we should want to have post-Trump days where it's the best days we've ever had in this country, where people could walk freely in the streets without having to be worried about being murdered by the cops, by any law enforcement, and or by their neighbors. So with that being said, y'all all have a blessed night. I will talk to y'all soon. Love you all. God bless.